clip. I don't know why we applaud a clip, but um, the people aren't here to benefit from our thanks, but they put a lot of hard work in. So, as Alid said, young people or parents, if you want to find out more, speak to Matt and Catherine, our youth leaders, uh, or go to the inf information desk um, after this morning's meeting. Just before we get into the Word of God, before I preach to you this morning, just want to uh, let you know a, a few things. Matt and Helen, no one's seen them this morning, right? They're not here. They're not here. No, 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 no. Good. I don't mean good as in good they're not here. But we're going to, on uh, Sunday the 27th, it's their farewell uh, party from us. And we're going to be having a plowman's lunch together. So do put it in your diaries. Sunday the 27th of March, we're going to be staying together after the morning meeting. Uh, plowman's will be laid on for you, but do bring cakes and, uh, what was the other thing, Kevin? Cakes. Cakes and drinks. I knew it was drinks, I just thought I'd test Kevin. Uh, cakes and drinks, and then they're going to be kind of pulled in as a kitty and then shared out. Okay? And also, we really want to bless them as a family. They have served this church for years. We want to send them off with a love gift from us. Financial gift. So, Ron, could you stand up just for a second, please? This is Ron Simpkins. For many of you that, if any of you don't know Ron, shame on you. This is Ron, okay? Um, Ron's going to be kind of organising that for us, uh, so if, you, if you'd like to give financially, anything would be a blessing. Please see Ron uh, and make cheques payable to Ron or directly to the beanies, okay? So we want them to get the benefit of, of everything we can give for them. So that's Sunday the 27th. Can I just ask you to stand, please? We want to remember Japan and everything that's going on out there. I understand my friend Barbara White said there's someone from Japan here this morning. Could you put your hand up? The person, whoever's from Japan, that, thank you, brother. Good to see you this morning. Uh, sorry to embarrass you. Um, we want to remember your nation. And uh, so can we just pray together? Pray that God would, uh, God's compassion would flow in like rivers of mercy. Lord, we, we lift up Japan to you. And we just cry out to you, God. We cry out for the broken, the wounded, those that are now orphaned, those that have lost relatives. We cry out to you, the God of the universe, the one who watches over, the one, as I was reminded of, doesn't cry out over every square inch of your planet saying, that is mine, that is mine. Lord, I pray, we pray for your medicine to get in there, for your resources to get in there, to feed, to shelter, but we do, we lift up Japan to you and we remember them at this time and we pray, Jesus, would you come and just wash in on that nation in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I just want to get straight into it this morning. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray again in a few moments because I, I want God to uh, arrest every person here this morning. I want every soul to be impacted somehow here this morning. We can often sit there under a preach and think to ourselves, I hope that person's listening. I did. A few weeks ago when Matt preached a stonker of a sermon, I sat there thinking, I hope they're listening. And I felt God say, I hope you're listening, sunshine. <laughs> and I think that's what we need to hear more and more. Not are you listening, are we? Bless you. Lord, I pray for ears that are open. God, my own ears, open the ears of my heart this morning. Open up the ears of every person here this morning. Those that don't know you, I pray would know you. 
this morning. Those that do know you, I pray would know you better. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We, cu- we say, come and reveal Jesus. Come and reveal the Father. Do what you do best. Change our lives. In Jesus' good name, amen. Okay, amen. We are going through, just to let you know, uh, uh, I'm doing a, pr- a mini preaching series for those that are new here or just here for the first time. And it's part of a preaching series entitled The Work, uh, the Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at who he is and what he does. Okay, I feel it's a very important subject for us to cover as a church. So far, we've looked at session one, who is the Holy Spirit? I touched on, he's God. And we looked at the whole doctrine of the Trinity very briefly. So, A, remember, the Holy Spirit is very much God. Not a lesser God, God. Two, session two, we looked at then baptism in the Spirit. What is this baptism in the Spirit? We looked at it's for all believers. It's for those that believe in Jesus. It's because he's ascended and sent the Spirit. And it is all about being filled with power to function. Yeah? We're filled for a purpose. So we can then live out new lives. Under that heading, we look briefly, I'm sure I'm going to come back to it through this series, regeneration. It's the Holy Spirit that regenerated you that changed your dead heart. Okay? You didn't. You didn't. It wasn't willpower. It was the Spirit. The Spirit came on you. It says in Titus that we've been reborn we, by the washing of renewal by the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit that revealed Jesus to us. You didn't find him. He found you. And it was the Spirit that brought that to new life. And so being filled is about that new life then being filled so you can live it out. Okay, Christianity is about being filled with the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit because of Jesus. So, baptism in the Spirit. Now, um, we're going to go into something else, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Do you know, our goal in life is to know God. I really felt God say this to me during the week. Your goal is to know him. That's what you, you should have in your focus. Not know about him. It's excellent to know about him and read and study but not just know about him, so it's all contained up here in our intellect. It's got to travel down to here. It's got to change our hearts and lives. If it doesn't, we don't know him. We don't know him. I heard someone once refer to another church leader say, the longest journey for anyone is from the head to the heart. So true. So the Holy Spirit enables us to know God, not just know about him, but to know him personally. And we can only know God through the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, John 4, 23 to 20, uh, 24, it's not what we're going from this morning, but it says God is spirit. It says, yet yeah, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers of the Father will worship in spirit and in truth. For they are the f- sort of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, it says. God is spirit. You want to know what God is? Spirit. And his worshippers must worship in, in spirit and truth. What does that mean, San? When we come here and sing a few songs, are we then in the spirit? That's when we're, oh, lost in the spirit, and then we leave and go, oh, well, that was good. While well, it lasted, that spirit stuff was good. No, be, being worshippers of God, worshipping God in the spirit is a lifestyle. Worship is lifestyle. I often hate it when we say, now we're going to worship. We're going to sing. We're gonna, it's musical worship. Worship is what you do on Monday. 
It's how you hold your temper when your son tells you to clear off. It's how you respond in your heart. Worship is everything that connects to God. It's our all in all. God says, when you worship with your all in all, you worship me in the spirit. You hear this term described, are you open to the spirit? And even as I've said it, you say, yeah. It's a trick question. Because it's not good enough. I heard someone else preach on this a little while ago and it really spoke to me. It is not simply good enough to be open to the Spirit. We've got to be desperate for the Spirit. This is what I liken it to. My relationship with my wife. If Em says to me, fancy coming for dinner tonight? I say, hmm, I'm open to it. Yeah, I'm open to it. How do you think she's going to feel? Or, or I'm thirsty now. And, and the marathons on the marathon Sunday, if they're charging down, some of them look like they're just about to drop dead. They're just, and you're there with an ice-cold bottle of Evian. Open to this? They're not going to go, no, I'm open to it. They're going to break your arm to get it. <laughs> I feel there's something of God that wants us to be desperate for him. Desperate for him. It's simply not good enough to be a church that is open to the Spirit. So please turn to Romans 8. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, it's going to come up on the screen behind me. The the message or the title is The Spirit of Adoption and underneath Abba Father. For some of you are thinking, Abba? I didn't know they came to play here. Um, we're going to touch on this term Abba. What does it mean? What does it look like in the Bible? Spirit of adoption, Abba Father. Romans 8. It is in the New Testament and it's just after Acts. Okay, Romans 8 and verses 14 to 16. It will come up on the screen behind me. Because... Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. These verses are beautiful. They are absolutely exquisite. Today, I want to talk to you about a very personal and intimate knowing of God that you can only have through the Holy Spirit. Only have through the Holy Spirit. Here in these verses, we read something quite incredible. We see a connection between God's Spirit, God, and us. God's Spirit and our Spirit. There's a deposit. Something happens. We read of something that happens between us and God. The Holy Spirit enables us to connect to and relate to God as Father. As Father. That's where we're going this morning. That's the goal. You know what I said at the beginning? The goal is to know God. Many know God. Many read about God. Many know God as an abstract, distant God. The Creator, He created all things and then He stepped out of it. We would say here, no, we don't believe that, but we live as though we believe it. He's not abstract, he is up close and personal, and he is Father. It's the fullness of the Gospel, that we're saved to know him as Father. 
If we stop short of that, we're robbing ourselves. We're being robbed. So that's the goal, to know God as Father, your Father. Your Father. And I know even as I'm saying that this morning, it's not computing with many of you. We're going to get to reasons why. But he wants you to know him as Daddy, as Father. I've got two headings. This is what the Holy Spirit brings. Heading one, the Spirit brings adoption. Thank you, Joe. And heading two, the Spirit brings intimacy. And on your sheets, if you've been given them, there's two sub-points attached to that, affirmation and assurance. Affirmation and assurance. I'm going to explain my way through that. So these are the headings, adoption and intimacy. The first heading, let's look at that. How does the Holy Spirit bring adoption? I should have put them there in the first place. That's a very long walk. Okay. How does the Holy Spirit bring adoption? Romans 8.15 For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, it says, but you received the spirit of sonship. Or a much closer interpretation, if you've reading from the NIV, the New uh, International Version, or if you've got an English Standard Version, in the footnotes, or in the English Standard Version, it would say this, but you received the spirit of adoption. That's the literal, okay? You received the spirit of adoption. Sonship is generic. There are many sons here. There's also many daughters. Sonship is generic. God wants us to know it's generic. Sonship in the Bible, when you see you've become sons of God, it it means sons and daughters. It's generic. So guys, it is not favoured your way. It doesn't mean if if you're a male, glory. But if you're a female, where's my daughtership then? No, it's generic. It's sons and daughters. It's important to note, though, that we are brought into this sonship. It's an intimate term, sonship, isn't it? We're brought into this through the process of adoption. It's very key that we get this, and I'm going to explain why. Through adoption. What is adoption? Let's look in the natural. Why is a child adopted? Because things have gone horribly wrong. That's why. That's why. In some measure, something has gone awfully wrong. A poor child has been orphaned. I've got a family member that was orphaned. Both parents killed. Orphaned. Some children are abandoned. They're abused. They're neglected. Ultimately, that child is lost. Whether, whatever orphanage they are in, that child is lost. They've lost their parents. Adoption is an active choice. An active choice. You don't tend to find a knock on the door and a a child comes and says, I'm your adopted child. Usually, there's a parent, a soon-to-be parent or an adult, that is desperate to go after a child. It's that way around, not the other way. Adoption is an active choice whereby someone chooses another, another person, a child, to be their very own, to be their mummy, to be their daddy. To give them a new love. Maybe a first love. They've never experienced love. Adoption is a process, when it's done right, in the natural, 
is about a new love. Giving people a new family, a new identity, a new name. A new name. New home, new family, to be accepted, to be welcomed, to be included, integrated in. This is what adoption does. It takes someone from being lost to being found. You know where I'm going with this. This is a picture of us outside of Christ. You and me, this is us. Whatever upbringing you've had here, whether it's good or bad, I'm not here to open up a can of worms, but whatever upbringing you've had, it might be wonderful, it might have been awful, or everything in between. The Bible clearly tells us that all of us were dead in our trespasses and sins. All of us. We all fell short. We were born into it. We were born into it. Ephesians 2 tells us we were utterly trapped. Something had gone awfully wrong. Awfully wrong. We were like orphans. We were in an orphanage called sin. It's a very real orphanage because it has many people in it. And we were all in that orphanage. But this is adoption. An active choice of love that meant God came looking for us. Out of compassion and mercy, we needed someone to get us out of the orphanage of sin. We could not get out ourselves. In the natural, a child can run away from an orphanage. This orphanage held you bound forever, trapped forever, because of our first father that left us there, Adam. We needed someone to come and get us, come and get us out of this orphanage of sin, out of slavery, to come and choose us. I needed someone to come and pick me. You needed someone to come and pick you. Come and get you, come and rescue you, come and notice you, see you, find you, rescue you, adopt you. That's what adoption is. That's what God's telling us through his word. You've received the spirit of adoption. God wants you to know, church, Christian, that God has come in and grabbed you. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. For he chose us, he chose you, in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Amazing. You were chosen. For those here that feel you weren't, you were. The Bible says so. God tells you by his spirit You've received adoption. He chose you. He came for you. Why? Because in love, in this active pursuit of love, he predestined you. He had you in mind. He predestined us before the creation of the world. So before the world was formed, God had you, Pete Webb, in mind. And he came for you, brother. And he brought you out of slavery. And to be predestined as adopted sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You've got to hear this, Christian. You've got to hear this because it will change everything. Not, maybe not overnight, but as you walk into it and know that you've been called, you've been chosen because God came after you and it was him that grabbed you out. And it was him that saved you. 
If he has saved you, he will never let go of you. If you choose God, you can unchoose God. If God chooses you, you can never wriggle out of it. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel that? Thank you, God, that I cannot escape you. David knew something of this. Where can I flee from your presence? Psalm 139, famous. Where can I go, God, from your spirit? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the very depths of the earth, uh uh-oh, there you are. If I go to the furthest point of the sea, there your love will find me also. You can't escape him. And you know what? It was all because of his pleasure and will. It's not like someone went in and went, oh, I suppose we'd better adopt a few more for this family. Richard's getting a bit lonely. We'll have a few more. Come on then. No, no, no. It's his pleasure. Pleasure and will. His choice, his pleasure, his will to have you adopted as sons. Adoption is so beautiful because it takes someone from rags to riches. I will read you this. It's from this book, Alpha Questions of Life. Uh, And it's a guy called Billy Bray. Billy Bray was a drunken and loose-living miner from Cornwall. I would have liked to have met him. Billy Bray was a drunken and loose-living miner from Cornwall. Born in 1794, he was always getting involved in fights and domestic quarrels. At the age of 29, he became a Christian. He went home and told his wife, you'll never see me drunk again. By the help of the Lord, she never did. His, his words, his tones and his looks had magnetic power. He was charged, listen to this, he was charged with divine electricity. Do you want that? Crowds of miners would come and hear him preach and many were converted and there were some remarkable healings. He was always praising God and saying that he had abundant reason to rejoice. Why? Because he described himself as a young prince. He was the adopted son of God the king of kings, and therefore he was a prince. Already possessing royal rights and privileges, his favourite expression was this, I am the son of a king. I am the son of a king. You, Gary Dyer, are a son of a king. A son and daughter of a king. Tracy, daughter of a king. Adoption is beautiful because it takes you from slave to son. Rags to riches from a misfit to being a son of a king. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. So you've been adopted. Why have you been adopted? My next point, for intimacy. For intimacy. It's not like other orphanages. It's not like other adoptions where we are so limited in the natural God is perfect and good and full of love in every way. So we have been adopted for intimacy. For intimacy. Romans 8, 15 and 16. And by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies of our spirit that we are God's children. Now adoption through the Spirit brings us this intimacy with the Father. That's how it happens. We don't get it in our own steam. We are given it by the Spirit. Something is purged into us. There's a Spirit that is implanted in us for intimacy 
with the Father. God's Spirit testifies, it says. What does that mean? He tells us, but it's stronger than that. What's the testimony? Is that something of truth? I've got evidence of truth here. I'm bearing witness about something. I want you to hear it. God swears to us. Look at it that way. God swears to you that you are his children. You're his son. You're his daughter. And I know some of you right now are not feeling it, but it's not about how you feel. It's about what God says about you. We must have our feelings shaped by what is factual through the Bible, through God's word. God's desire is for all of us to have a deep, personal and intimate relationship with him. He is father and we as children. And we see this turn, Abba Father. We're his children, his father. Something happens to us that convinces us of that. You cannot work it up. I've tried. You can't do it. You will drive yourself potty trying to do it. There's something you need to call on God. Call on the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, there's something in you that says, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. It's not a father. It's not not a... What am I trying to say? It's, It's not a standoffish term. It's an up close and in your face and Father, Daddy term. We're going to come to it. Question for you. Do you know God as Father? Do you know God as Father? Do you know him as Lord? Do you know him as God? Do you know him as Lord God? Do you know him as Father? Father. Not head. There's something in your heart that says Daddy. Father. Your Christian life will be massively hindered if you don't. I don't know what your experience of your earthly dad, your earthly father is like. There'll be many, many stories here. And like I said, I'm not here to open up a can of worms, but I do want the Holy Spirit to open it up if he needs to. And he'll minister to you. I know what my experience is like. I grew up not really knowing my dad. It's it's getting much better I I, I grew up not really knowing my dad and there was a lot of pain. So when I became a Christian, there was a lot to undo. People in great hearts would say to me, he's like like a loving father. And you know, it just couldn't compute with that. I just just don't understand. It doesn't relate to me. I don't understand what you're telling me here. But now I'm a dad myself. It's funny how God does stuff. The tables have turned and I'm not a perfect dad, many of you would be awfully shocked by that, <laughs> in any way. Mate, I get horribly wrong at times, but I know that Tom has got a perfect father, and my daughter, they've got a perfect daddy in heaven, and I want to push them towards him. But I know my love for my kids, it is beyond limit. There isn't much I wouldn't do for them. I'd probably run through a wall to chase after someone if they they kidnap them. So imagine what God did for you when you were abandoned and lost. He came charging after you. So much so it took his son, Jesus, to the cross. But now I'm a dad myself. I understand something of God's love that I didn't before. 
You hear things battered around. You hear things question uh, statements and they're so painful. My dad wasn't really there for me. My dad was, wasn't interested. He was controlling. He was angry. He was always correcting us. He was always nitpicking. He was cruel. He was manipulative. He was, he was abusive. He beat me. My dad just wasn't there. He, he left us. He left me. And what happens is the experiences we take in the natural with our earthly experiences, we somehow link that subconsciously at times to that's what God's like. We wouldn't say it, but we feel it, we live it, we, we, we believe it in our hearts. So because our father was standoffish, that's what God's like. So I can't come into your presence this morning, Lord, because I've been bad. That's not God. The Bible clearly says, because of Jesus, all barriers have been torn down. And we can freely go running into his presence. So that's the, that's, that's the issue here. We, we mentally think to ourselves that God's the same. He's absent. He's unkind. He's condemning. He's unforgiving. He's, he's impatient. He's angry. He's critical. He is far too busy for me. Little old me. He won't be interested in me. Let me tell you a little bit about your Father in heaven. God, your Father, is like this. He is intimate and involved in every aspect of your life. He is kind and compassionate. He is accepting and forgiving. He is full of joy and love for you. He is always welcoming of you, with warmth and affection toward you. He is patient and he is slow to anger. Your Father is gentle as well as protective. He is completely trustworthy. He is true. He is full of grace and mercy. He is tender-hearted. He watches over you. He is never too busy to spend time with you. He is perfect, all-loving and all-good and he is faithfully committed to you forever. That's your God in heaven. That's your Father in heaven. And all of this comes through an inner witness of the Holy Spirit. It's nothing that you can ruster up. It's God himself that comes and tells you, I'm your daddy, I'm your father. I want to talk to you very briefly about affirmation and assurance. What is affirmation? Well, it is to declare positively that something is true. That's what it means. It's to declare positively that something's true. I want to read you something in in Matthew. Listen to this declaration over Jesus. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was torn open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And then, listen to this, listen to this for affirmation. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, this is my boy, whom I love. With him I am well well pleased. Affirmation from the Father is fundamental. You need to hear it. My children need to know I'm dad. How will they know I'm dad, apart from legally when they grow up and understand a bit more, is by me telling them I'm daddy. I'm daddy. So Tom needs to hear me saying, I'm your dad. I've got a great example. My, my little girl, is, she's 15 months now and she waddles, like, she looks like a little orangutan as she walks. I love her to bits, let me tell you. But she does look like a little orangutan. And, and I come home from the office at times and I come through the door and I just go, beagles! I call her beagles, it's an awful term really, isn't it? Um, 
little dog. Uh, I say, beagles, and she just walks, walks to me and just goes, dada, dada. My little girl, I say to her, my precious daughter, I love you so much. My, my son, I say, Tom, you're the best boy in the whole world. They need this affirmation. I love having you as my kids. I love it. I love it. That's what we need to hear from God. Had this uh, very personally just the other day. Let me tell you, when you're preparing messages like this, you realise that there's so many stumbling blocks that come your way through the week that can make you lose your temper, that can not try to knock you off track. Me and Tom hit heads big time in the week. And you know, when I got onto my authoritative high position, I am father. And then I felt God just say, chill out just a bit. Just go easy. Just go easy. And I said to him, just go to bed. Turn the light off. No stories tonight. Off I went, just feeling like that wasn't right. And then I came downstairs and then em went up and talked to him and then she said, Tom, Tom wants to see you. So I went upstairs and I knew, I knew there was a reconnection again. So my heart leapt. As, as Daddy, I was just like, yeah. I went up and he, he just went, I'm really sorry, Daddy. And do you know what happened? There was something that shifted. I lay on his bed with him. He's nearly six. And I just said, I love having you as my son. I love it. You're wonderful. I love it. I love you so much. And there was this connection between us that was just beautiful. Just beautiful. Positive affirmation for our children is crucial in all circumstances, when they get it wrong, when they get it right. And that's the same. God wants us to know that. Even when you're nailing it, even when you're the the goodest of the good, it's still not good enough if you're trying to impress God. Even when you're the baddest of the bad, God says, I love you. I love you. I'm going to miss this story for time because we really want to come back into worship. God wants you... Sorry, I know I said come up at half past, but can you give me five more minutes? Is that all right? That's recorded. It'll mean nothing. I'll keep going. God wants you to know that he is your daddy. God wants you to know... I feel this, prof- I feel this as a burden for us. Some of you here, as I was preparing this, I'm just, I just want to wait on the Lord. Some of you need to know those words that Jesus heard. I'm going to read them out. Just close your eyes. And if it's you, the Holy Spirit will get your heart. He'll get you. You're my son. You're my daughter. With whom I love. And you know what? With you, I am well pleased. And I know you're not pleased with yourself right now. But I am so, so pleased with you. You're my son. You're my daughter. With whom I love. And I'm so pleased with you. Have you heard that? The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I just want to touch on this Abba Father. When we receive the Spirit, there's a two-way connection. From positive affirmation comes assurance. Affirmation from the Father, I'm your dad, and assurance from the child, Daddy. There's, it's got to be two-way, or else it means nothing. It's got to be two-way. And in him, by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit tells us, which brings a cry from within us, Abba, Abba. 
Let's look at this word Abba. It's an intimate expression. It comes from the Aramaic term. And you know what? They cannot translate it. They cannot. So I understand. Many scholars have, have, have wrestled with this word because it's undescribable. Undescribable. Try and describe your love for your children. It's undescribable. How can we describe God? It's undescribable. How do we relate to him as father? He's not like any other father. It's undescribable. Abba. Abba. The closest they've got is father. That's why they've just put father on the end. Abba. I don't know. Father. But it's good enough. Abba, father. Abba, father. Abba, father. I think it's intended to be simplistic, intimate. It's childlike. Like I said, my, my, my dear daughter Beagles, I just go, hello girl, and she just goes, da-da, da-da, and she, she just wants, desperately wants me to pick her up. That's the term. That's what we've got to see. Darling, daddy, goes like that. That's the relationship. It's also very real. The word Abba is mentioned three times in the Bible. We see it here in Romans, we see it in Galatians, and we read about it in Mark's Gospel. Jesus himself cries out when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Lord, let this hour pass, let this hour go from me. Abba, Father, you see it, look it up. Mark 14, 32 to 36. Not now. Mark 14, 32 to 36. Look at how Jesus cries out, Abba, Father. He's in the garden. He's about to be killed. He's about to go to the cross. And he cries, Abba. Abba, Father. Watch a child as they hurt themselves. What's the first cry from within them? When I broke my leg at 16, I thought I was a tough guy. As soon as I broke my leg, I shouted out, Someone get my mum. I need help. My leg's back to front. But there was a cry from within me. It wasn't like, someone phone mother, fetch mother. There was a deep, get mummy. And that's what God wants us to know here. Abba isn't just a, we sang it, blessed be your name. Life is good at times and life is crummily awful at times. God wants you to know when life is good, Abba. When life is bad, Abba. That's how we relate to him. Abba, Father, why? Abba, Father, thank you. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Do you know what? I want us to come back to worship. I've got another whole page here, but I just I want the Spirit of God to speak to us. So, band, if you, can, if you can come back up, I'll say a few things. I'll tell you what, I'll use a few minutes while you're getting yourself set. This is... Um, I want to read you a quote from a guy called Nicky Gumbel. He said this, Once we know our status as adopted sons and daughters of God, we realise that there is no status in the world that can even compare with the privilege of being a child of the creator of the universe. That is you and that is me. I want to encourage you, get some time away in quiet where it's you and God across this week. On your preach notes, there's some things on the back that can direct you. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father to you. That is his job. If you don't believe me, read the Bible because it says it in there. The Spirit's role is to take from the Father and reveal to us. Yeah? He wants us to know he's Daddy, he's Father. 
I just want to finish by telling you one story, then I'm going to hand over to the band. This story has impacted me more than anything else, I think, this year. Many of you know it, I've shared it in different settings. My son Tom, we usually have this little thing when I tuck him in at night and I give him a kiss on the head and I say, love you boy, and he says, love you. So I say, love you, he says, love you. Now, this, this very night I was exhausted, I was pretty flat, just tired, just wanting to go through the motions, just getting him tucked in, putting his music on. He listens to jazz, believe it or not, at night. And I, I tucked him in and I kissed him on the head. Love you, boy. Just ruffled his head. Love you, boy. And as I turned away, I went, love you. And I went, I love you more. That's the thing. It's just, I love you more, I love you more. And we can be there for ages. So I said, I love you, boy. I love you more. I love you more. And then I turned around and I honestly felt God say, I love you more. I love you more. And that's why I feel God wants you to know this morning. However you come, all of your gifts and offerings to him is wonderful, but his call over you is, I love you more. I love you more. I love you more. I love you more. Let's stand. Holy Spirit, I pray, as we, as we spend some time singing, we don't want to be in a rush this morning, as we spend some time singing, I pray, would you teach us something of this Abba, Father intimacy that we can have? You say in your word, for you did not give us a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, but you gave us this spirit of adoption. By this spirit we cry, Abba, Father. Your spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I pray for every person here this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you come in power? Would you come and father us, speak to us, for Jesus' good name, amen. Let's worship him and then I'll come up at the end.